Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. Good morning, church. Can all of us give God a big round of applause? Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you all of you for uh, serving this week. Wow, it's 1st May. Yeah, 1st May, time flies, you know. Um, first and foremost, uh, again, welcome to SIB Live. For those of you who are joining us uh, online, welcome home. Uh, you know, uh, I always look forward for Sunday, especially, you know, for the past few weeks, there are always new, uh, we have visitors, new people coming to our church. And, you know, just yesterday, I, I, I have a conversation with uh, some of our leaders, and then he said, like, Pastor, thing, uh, when I, now when I join our service, uh, as if I'm, I am the new person in church. I said, why? A lot of new faces. Well, puji Tuhan, you know. Yes, there are a few people who have uh, returned to uh, East Malaysia, you know, back to Sabah and Sarawak for good. But again, God is so faithful. God is so gracious. God sent you, those of you who are first time with us, you know, who are new to us. Thank you so much, you know. Now, um, again, I want to thank uh, all of you. Uh, for those of you who attended uh, uh, last Sunday, and then uh, Pastor Dan shared about uh, uh, our family, yeah, um, thanks for your prayers to, uh, for our family. My father-in-law returned to our God, you know, uh, last Thursday night. No, not this week, I mean last week, Thursday. You know, I, I must say that he returned to, you know, to God as a man who has accomplished his mission, really. You know, like I, I shared to end the other day, I was like, you know, I have that peace. You know, um, allow me to share a little bit about, about my, my late uh, father-in-law. Uh, so today is maybe a little bit emotional, but again, you know. Um, so my, my father-in-law, um, he was a retired school principal. Okay, and then for those of you from Sabah and Sarawak, you know, in our community, Guru Besar, Pengetua is respected in the community, you know, yeah. And, and, and um, not long after, yeah, so, so he, he retired, and then not long after his uh, retirement, he was uh, uh, appointed as Penghulu, okay, as a Penghulu. Um, well, for, for some of you, maybe you're not familiar with the terms Penghulu, you know Ketua Kampung, the no, no, village head? Okay, so Penghulu is above Ketua Kampung, you know? So it's like, yeah. So um, there are around 10 to, I don't know, 10 to uh, more than 10 uh, Ketua Kampung under, under, under him. So he has been serving uh, as a Penghulu uh, for Baram Tengah, a district, one of the districts in Miri, for uh, more than 10 years. Now, like... Um, any other East Malaysians, for us here, me and my wife and my kids, the only time for us to really, you know, go and visit our uh, parents, you know, is uh, in December, betul tidak? You know, in December, during Christmas, you know. So we don't have any plans to go to Miri, you know, this, uh, early, early, early this year. So what happened was last week, eh, last month, my father-in-law came to KL. He was healthy, he is healthy. So my, my father-in-law came to KL. Uh, with my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law, you know, he spent like, you know, a few days with us, you know, uh, came and visit us, uh, you know, stay with us, uh, spend time with, with his uh, 
grandchildren and stuff like that. And this is very rare because he's, he's a busy person. But somehow last month, he took time to come and visit us. We didn't know that that is the last time, you know, uh, for us to really uh, to, to meet him. And so last week on um, Tuesday night, I, I remember it's Tuesday night. Oh, sorry, on Monday last week, um, after return from KL, Monday last week, he, he, how should I say, he handed over his uh, duty as a penghulu. In other words, like he resigned lah, dia bersara. Okay, he handed over uh, his duty as a penghulu because he just want to re- retire, you know, because being a penghulu is a really tough job, you know. Yeah, it's, you, you have to become like a judge, a magistrate, you know, whatever people come to you and then make a complaint, report, and you have to become a judge and something like that. So he's, he's like 70 plus, and then he's, you know, he, I, I believe that he, he, he wants to rest, he wants to spend time in his kebun and everything, you know. So on Monday, last week, he, uh, he resigned. On Tuesday, around 10 o'clock something, I remember my, my wife told me that, you know, uh, my father-in-law, Call them, video call with my mother-in-law, because my mother-in-law is with us at the time here in KL. And then around two something, we received message the same day, 12, uh, on Tuesday. We received message from our brother-in-law saying that um, uh, Bapa is uh, unconscious. He was unconscious and then uh, sent to uh, hospital. Now, at that time, <laughs> to be honest, when I received the message, you know, I have this sense in my, this is in my, my spirit, lah, you know, that it's like my last father-in-law is telling me, you know, it's okay, chill, it's okay. Because the whole, the whole family was like, hey, what happened, what happened? Because at that time, when he, uh, uh, what, uh, you know, fell unconscious, he was at home in the living room, alone. None of the family member is with him. Okay, my sister-in-law outstation in Kuching, my mother-in-law in, uh, in Kampung, another brother-in-law quarantine, you know, in the hotel because he's, she just got back from offshore. Except for my sister-in-law who, uh, with, 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 with her children in the room upstairs, okay? So, anyway, so that happened and then I felt in my spirit that like, you know, it's like, you know, God says like, you know, like, hey, it is done, chill, you know? But of course, I didn't tell Helena and my, my mother-in-law at the time. Like, I just like, uh, you know, uh, uh, just let them, you know, to, 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 to uh, you know, to talk and discuss and stuff like that. So they went to Miri. And uh, me, m- myself and my two kids, we plan to go to Miri to visit, uh, to, visit, to visit him at the hospital because that time he was basically unconscious and in coma, but still the heart is still beating, you know. So basically, yeah, still, still, still alive. So uh, I plan to do like some family gathering, you know, in Miri on Friday, you know, so, uh, pray for everything like that. But somehow, again, you know, there's a problem in my, my, my spirit. On Thursday morning, we, while we are still in KL, uh, I, 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 I contacted Helena and said like, hey, uh, do we have any fa- family uh, prayer, you know, tonight? Uh, does the, the church organize anything? No, no. Okay, so I get all of them, the whole family, you know, to have some Zoom meeting, you know, all of them, premier, around 30 plus of them, the big family, you know, cousins and everything. So, pray. I lead them some prayer and then uh, give them some encouragement, you know, and I end by uh, sharing uh, about, uh, I mean, about Jesus when he was in Gethsemane, 
you know. Just a week before that, we, we had our Good Friday and, you know, Easter Sunday. So I said, like, you know, remember Jesus at Gethsemane, you know. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And I, 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 told, I told them, you know, like, our will, we want to see Bapa, uh, you know, healthy and alive, right? But let us together say this, let God's will be done. Well, I end with that, you know. And around 11 something, he passed away. I was like, my goodness, God, thank you. Seriously. And, but one thing that, I mean, one thing that I'm concerned is like how Helena, especially the mother, because my mother-in-law, he got like high blood pressure, you know, you know, how, you know, how they're going to respond to that, you know. And then I, I, I messaged my wife. I said, how's uh, mama? And then she took it well. I was like, oh, wow. You know, when I returned, when, 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 when I uh, went back to Miri, right, I look at my mother-in-law, you know, she, she, she can smile at me and hug at me and then look, look at the siblings and everything. They, of course, they do cry, like sad, but they, they are not like someone who like lose hope. I can see a sense that joy and peace, you know. And then I look at the, 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 the body of my late father, my father-in-law in the coffin, right? He's like smiling, you know, like exactly like the photo. I was like, in my heart, I was like, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. But still, I didn't tell my, the, the family, like what I, I sensed on Tuesday, like, you know, just allowed everything, about some more. So, when he passed away, uh, a lot of people give, uh, you know, encouragement and testimony about his life. And then one thing for sure, I know that he left a great legacy to all of us, you know. Like I said just now, I really believe that he has accomplished his, his work on earth, you know. Mission accomplished, yeah. And he, you know, he, can you imagine that? He spent time with us, you know, yeah. So he's he, as if like he knows that his he the punya masa sudah mau sampai sudah tau begitu. You know, so I praise God for that. Yeah, that legacy has become one of the reason for me to continue to serve God today. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about you. If you are in your thirties and forties and you think about, oh, yeah, I want to like retire lah, enjoy my life. Wait, wait, my father you know is seventy plus. You know, he still still uh, serve God. Now I believe. All of us want to fulfill God's calling upon our life. Amen? Yeah, we want that, right? We want to, you know, God's will to be done in our life. We want to complete God's work. We want to be God's instrument in shaping our nation, in shaping our family, our, our, our community. Yeah? Yeah? And, and I believe we are... You know, uh, as, as, as we continue with our sermon series, you know, God, this is this conviction in me as I prepare the sermon, you know, that... Today's message, you know, is about uh, completing God's work, completing God's work. Not that God needs us, you know, like, oh man, I, no, not that God needs us to complete His work, like, like without us, He cannot complete His work. No, no, no. You know, God already started something in our life. How many of you believe that? You know, God has started a good work in our life, in our church, you know, and God wants us to partner with Him because in, in doing so, we will know who he is, we will know his plan, we will know uh, his, his character, we will experience him personally, you know. Yeah, really, what happened to the Israelites, right, when, when they returned to Jerusalem, okay? Yeah, for the past few weeks, you know, we, 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 we go through Ezra chapter 4 and 5, you know. Now we come to chapter 6. God actually can really just flick his finger like that and then the, 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 the temple, boom, you know, Completed, right? But why did he still want Zerubbabel and the, the rest of the Israelites to continue? Let them do it. 
right? Because they are, they are important message that I'm going to share today, all right? Now, so we're going to continue with our sermon series. And uh, despite much opposition and discouragement, the temple was finally rebuilt in Exodus chapter 6, okay? Yeah? After 16 years of delay, 16 years of delay, Zerubbabel and the Jews finally completed the house of God in Jerusalem. Now, in Ezra chapter 6, let's turn your Bible in Ezra chapter 6, verse 1 to 22. Verse 1 to 22. King Darius gave the order and they searched in the library of Babylon in the archives. But it was in the fortress of Ekabatana in the province of Media that a scroll was found with this record written on it. In the first year of King Cyrus, he issued a decree concerning the house of God in Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt as a place for offering sacrifices and let its original foundations be retained. Its height is to be 90 feet and its width 90, 90 feet. With three layers of cut stones and one of timber, the cost, the cost is to be paid by the royal treasury. The gold and silver articles of God's house that Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and carried to Babylon must also be returned. They are to be brought to the temple in Jerusalem where they belong and put into the house of God. Okay, let's pause for there for a while. So what happened? Uh, if you remember, uh, Pastor Dan, okay, in, in chapter, chapter, chapter 5, said about how the governor, Tatanai, you know, wrote a letter to King Darius, you know, said like, hey, uh, these Israelites, they already, they, they resumed the work, you know, uh, are you sure this is what they're supposed to do, you know, you know? and then uh, he requested that the king go and check uh, the, the previous record, you know, so uh, this is, this is what, what, what they found. Now in verse 6, therefore, Upon reading that, this is the, the King Darius decree, verse 6. Therefore, you must stay away from the place, Tatanai, governor of the region west, uh, uh, region west of uh, uh, Euphrates River, Shetar Bozanai, and your colleagues, the officials in the region. Leave the construction of the house of God alone. Let the governor and elders of the Jews rebuild this house of God on its original site. I hereby issue a decree concerning what you are to do so the elders of the Jews can rebuild the house of God. The cost is to be paid in full to this man out of royal revenues from the taxes of the region west of the Euphrates River so that the work will not stop. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, and lambs for burnt offerings to the God of the heavens or wheat, salt, wine, and oil as requested by the priests in Jerusalem, let it be given to them every day without fail. Verse 10, so that they can offer sacrifices of pleasing aroma to the God of the heavens and pray for the life of the king and his sons. I also issue a decree concerning any man who interferes with this directive. Let a beam be torn from his house and raised up. He will be impelled on it and his house will be made into a garbage, dump, a garbage dump because of his offense. May the God who caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who dares to harm or interfere with this house of God in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have issued the decree. Let it be carried out diligently. Verse 13. Then, Tetanai, governor of the region west of the Euphrates River, Shetar, Bozanai, and their colleagues diligently carried out what King Darius had decreed. You see, at first they are against, now, okay, they 
carried out what King Darius had decreed. Verse 14, so the Jewish elders continued successfully with the building under the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, son of Edo. They finished the building according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus, Darius, and King Artaxerxes of Persia. This house was completed on the third day of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Come on, let's pray. Father God, we believe that your word is true. Your word contains important principles for us to do work that you have called us to do. Your word contains promises. And this morning, Lord, Father God, we want to study and meditate on your word together. So Holy Spirit, touch our hearts. Renew our mind right now. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, today's sermon, you know, we're going to look into um, reasons for the ultimate success of the building of the temple. Yeah? We look into the important principles on uh, why was the temple project a successful project despite being delayed for 16 years. You know, you know like around us, you can see all these uh, projected bengkalai. <laughs> you know? But this, 16 years, being abandoned for 16 years, and yet God do his miracle. Now, and why is it so important for us not to give up in doing what God has called us to do? Whether it's in your spiritual life, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your studies, your relationship, your family, I believe all of us are called to do God's work. Amen? Yeah, we are called to do God's work. Yeah, so let me tell you, nowadays we are exposed to different kind of success stories. There's a lot of success stories. You know, we love these rags to riches, you know, stories like, you know, in social media, we have social media influencer, you know, with all their stories and everything, success stories. We, we, you know, we are exposed to it. And I must say that some of these success stories actually are not based on biblical principles, but yet a lot of Christians believe in that, the principles, you know. Yeah. Some of the success stories that surround us are based on the world's principles, the world's standard, and not God's principles. And therefore, we, 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 we can see there are some of these people who are who being success, successful according to the world's standard, but their success didn't last long. How many of us agree that starting is important? You know, starting is important. Everybody got to start somewhere, right? You know, yeah. My son, you know, my, my uh, second son uh, gave in his standard one right now. So going to school is really hard, you know, for him. You know, that's the cycle that we have to go through for the next few months because this is what happened, you know, because uh, he's in the afternoon, afternoon session. So sent to school. Oh, in the morning, say, Daddy, I don't want to go to school. Why? You know, it's too long. I don't want to go to school and cry. The night before, Daddy, I don't want to go to school. Okay. I forced, I said, like, you got to start somewhere, right? You know, so send him to school. And then, what if I cry later? No, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. <laughs> you know? So, in the, in the evening when I fetch him, Gavin, how's school? Okay, do you enjoy school? Yeah. The same cycle happened. The night before that, did I don't want to go to school. And then the same, you know. Whew. Somehow, we got to start, right? Yeah, this is standard one. And now, 
his, his, his brother, uh, David, David is uh, standard four. He's so used to it. He's like really chill, you know, like, bye, daddy, don't need to send me, like, ooh. I mean, like, you don't need to send to the gate, lah. She just can just, you know, you're used to it. But he, he also experienced the same thing like his younger brother many years ago when he's in standard one. You know, starting is important, right? Starting is important. Keeping the work going is important, yeah? But it is more important to finish the task, Amen? To finish the task. That is our great challenge today. To finish, to complete the work that God has given us to do. That is our challenge. Some of us, do you still remember the first day when you give your life to Jesus? You said, like, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to, you leave everything behind. Lord, Father God, I want to serve you. And now ask yourself this question. Are you still following Jesus? Are you still serving him? Or some of you probably say, ah, I retire already lah. If you retire, are you really sure that you have accomplished your mission? So today's sermon, uh, sermon is on this title, Completing God's Word. Completing God's Word. So why was the temple project successful? Why did Zerubbabel and the Israelites succeeded in completing the task? Number one, they completed, you know, they completed God's work because God is a sovereign God. Amen? God is a sovereign God. Now, if you, will, if, we, if you were to look up on the word sovereign in the dictionary, you would find the word and phrases like superior, great, you know, supreme in power and authority, you know. But the way I like to explain uh, the word God's sovereignty is simply God is in control. There you go. God is in control. Come on, repeat after me. Say, God is in control. God is in control. control. These four-letter words. God, yeah, God is in control. You know when 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 we uh, receive the news about our led led father, you know, I I I I I I pray with with Helena. I say, you know, do not be anxious, do not be worried. Let's pray. God is in control. Whatever it is, God is in control. Now, for some people who, who don't know Christ, it feels when they, if, if they look at our families, you know, respond to the situation like, like, are you guys sad or what? Like, we do cry, we do cry, huh? <laughs> we do cry, but not like, <clears throat> really. Even when, 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 when they want to close the COVID, right? Well, this is like, you know, like the moment, lah, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm already with my camera, you know, to record and look, look, waiting for my mother-in-law, how, how he, she's going to respond. She cried, but she's not like, no. You know, like some, some stories, like people like, don't want to let go of their loved ones, right? Until, until, until at, the, at, the, at, the, at the cemetery also, like, really cry. But I'm glad that, you know, they have this sense of peace. They know that God is in control. They know that our father-in-law, you know, uh, Papa is with, with, with God in heaven. So, like, God is in control. Yeah, the whole process, you know, we keep on reminding ourselves that God is in control. Yeah, he is. There is absolutely nothing that happens in the universe that is outside of God's influence and authority. Our God has no limitations. Our God has no limitation. In Colossians chapter 1, verse uh, 16, 17, for everything was, oh, sorry, uh, Isaiah. Is it Isaiah? Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. God's word through the prophet of Isaiah in verse 44, uh, chapter 44, verse 24. This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, formed you from the womb, says, I am the Lord who made everything, who stretched out the heavens by myself, who alone spread out the earth, 
who says to Cyrus, King Cyrus, okay? My shepherd. Ooh, King Cyrus is God's shepherd. King Cyrus is a non-believer. He don't believe in God. Seriously, he's not, he don't believe in God. But God says, who says to King Cyrus, my shepherd, he will fulfill all my pleasure. And says to Jerusalem, she will be rebuilt, and of the temple, its foundation will be laid. God can do all things and accomplish all things, and nothing is difficult for him. Yeah? God, in, in verse 1 to verse 12 from you know, chapter 6, God uh, shows his sovereignty over King Cyrus and, 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 and King Darius. Like I mentioned just now, there are kings who don't really know God, who are not afraid of God. They, they do whatever they want to do. But yet, because our God is a sovereign God, he controls the kings. Whew. Yeah? You know, uh, this is talk about the election. A uh, few years ago, uh, you know, uh, when I, I was, I was uh, during the elections, some, some actually Christians said, hey, you know, kan bagus kalau our prime minister is a Christian, you know, like, uh, and they said, hey, kan bagus kalau if got a Christian party, ada Christian party, Christian, ada salib besar-besar, you know. And I'm so tempted lah, to, to like, you know, interfere, but somehow they asked me, so okay, I said like, you know what, uh, how sure are you that if you have a Christian uh, Prime Minister, Christian Party, that the country will be better. How sure are you? You know, yeah. But I know for sure that if God is God of our nation, everything will be fine, no matter who, who's ruling the, you know, the, who are in the government. Amen? Yeah, because God controls. God is a sovereign God, you know. Now, in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1, it talks about, again, King Cyrus. The Lord says this to Cyrus, his anointed, whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him and disarm kings, to open doors before him, and even city gates will not be shut. God is using Cyrus to be the what anointed shepherd who will fulfill his plan for his people. Wow. So don't be surprised if God sent a non-believer, a total stranger, to help you, to help you accomplish your, 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 your calling. You know, your boss, your supervisor, please don't curse them. Don't pray for them. Bless them. I know they don't fear God. You know, they, they, they don't care about religion whatsoever. But hey, if God can change King Cyrus, God can change your boss, you know, maybe your family member, you know, some of them who are non-believer, you know. But really, God is in control. Why do you want to, like, try your best to really change things? Let God be God. Amen? Amen? Yeah? When King Darius read the decree that was made by his predecessor, which is King Cyrus, he gave warning to Tetanai, yeah, the governor. Yeah? Don't interrupt their work, you see? Yeah? Um, now, I got my, 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 my slides mixed up. So, God is sovereign. God is in control. There's no limitation to God. In Colossians chapter 1, verse, 6, verse 16 says, For everything was created by Him in heaven and on, on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and by Him all things hold together. Right? In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17 says, O Lord God, you yourself made the heavens and earth by your great power and with your, with your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Now, if any of you right now, this morning, you feel that, wow, pastor, it's very difficult for me right now in this season. It's very hard for me to continue whatever uh, that 
uh, I'm, 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 uh, what, uh, the, the, the task that is being given to me. Pastor, it's so hard for me to continue with this relationship. You know, I thought this is from God. You know, why, why is it so difficult? Why is it so challenging? Why do I need to endure this? Some of you in your relationship, husband and wife, you probably struggle. Some of you as a parent, you probably struggle with this. You say like, how? How I can, can, can continue? Some of you might be contemplating. It's like, oh, Pastor, I want to resign from this company. La. Everything is so toxic la, and everything, you know, but... You know that the day, from day one, you're in that company. Yeah? You know that God put you there. Come on, guys. God is sovereign. Yeah? Why we got so stressed? Because we want to control. We want things to go according to our plan. But that's not how God works. Amen? Yeah, amen. Yeah? So can you imagine that, you know, in, in um, verse uh, 9 to 10, you know, God use King Cyrus, see? The cost is to be paid in full of these men out of the royal revenues and whatever is needed. Young bulls, rams, lambs, or burnt offerings to the God, to the God of the heavens or wheat, salt, wine, and oil, he said, let it be given to them. So basically what happened, you know, God uses a powerful king to supply the needs of his people in rebuilding the temple. They don't need to come up with any sense, you know, like say, hey, God says like, whoop. Because this is my plan, I want you to do it. No worries, you know. Because I have the power, I will let this king who supply to, to you know supply all that provision that you need. You know your, your all the materials you need. Amazing, right? Yeah, that's what being sovereign means. You know, it means that being the ultimate source of all power, authority, and everything that exists. Now. Like I mentioned just now, uh, you might see things sometimes, uh, things to work against you, although you know that, you know, God is with you. But sometimes I feel like, God, are you with me? Because like, you know, I prayed, I read the Bible, you know, I try to, you know, follow everything that you have commanded me to do, but it seems like everything is like against me. Have you been in that situation? You have doubt about God and say, are you sure, God? But I did pray, I have peace, but now I, it's like got a lot of obstacles, let me encourage you. Don't give up. Don't stop because God is in control. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You, might, you may feel frustrated, discouraged, you know, by, uh, by the situation that you are going through right now. Yeah. Or even some of you may see yourself as a failure. Again, don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. He is in control. The building project was put on hold for 16 years. You know, the Israelites might think that God has forgotten about them. Yeah. Probably God has forgotten about the project. You know, like 16 years is okay, like, okay, never mind. Quietly, let me just do, continue with our life. It's fine, you know. But they are wrong. You know, church, the enemy, you know, might try to put you down, discourage you. Yeah? But God is in control and He can and He will turn things around for His glory. You know that person that you prayed for, whether it's your parents, whether it's your siblings, your colleague, your boss, you prayed for, you prayed so that they have a, encounter, a personal encounter with God. You know, continue to pray for them. Don't give up. 
I know sometimes we can get, get you know, discouraged, you know, maybe we pray, 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 and then we talk to them like, hey, they're getting worse, alamak, you know, have you done that? I did, I did, you know, pray, hallelujah, nothing's impossible, and then with that person like, alamak, like nothing changed, even like getting worse, like, ah, you know, don't give up, yeah? don't give up, yeah, yeah. The Israelites completed God's work, not because they are smart, no, not because of they are smart, not because they are strong, but because they serve a sovereign God. Yeah? So the work is complete because God is sovereign, not because of their strength, not because of their might. Secondly, they completed God's work because they obey God. You know, yeah? So how many of us, you know, struggle with the word obedience, all right? Including myself. As a pastor, I do have struggles when it comes to obeying God's word, you know, like I preach about it, but sometimes I was like, oh, why is it so tough? Huh? Why is it so tough? Now, a few months ago, when we started the sermon series at the beginning of the book of Ezra, chapter one, right? We can see how the Israelites are so excited, excited to return to Jerusalem. They obey God, right? Yeah, they obey God. They started the temple project with, 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 with enthusiasm. So far, so good. But when it comes to chapter four, Opposition comes, you know, the enemy comes. The project was put on stop. Not, not one week, not two months, but 16 years. Until God sent his two prophets, well, prophets uh, prophet Haggai and also Zechariah, you know, to charge them up, you know, to rebuke them, to encourage them to complete the task. So in chapter 5, yeah, in chapter 6, they resumed the work. Yeah, I, I, and, and, and now I want you to turn to Haggai chapter 1, or Haggai chapter 1. Verse 12 to 15, right? Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the entire remnant of the people obeyed the Lord their God and the words of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him. So the people feared the Lord. Verse 13, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, delivered the Lord's message to the people. I am with you. This is the Lord's declaration. So and so the the whole uh, uh, the, the 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 whole tribe you know the Israelites you know they obey the Lord and fear the Lord yeah they resume the temple project now because they because they already set in their mind and their heart that they will obey God look what God did to them God roused or their God stirred up their spirit in verse fourteen. See, when they obey, when they say, okay, 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 let's do this, let's do this, you know, come on, come on, church. Hey, come on, church, yeah, don't give up, come on, come on. You know, verse 14, the Lord roused the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of the Judah, the spirit of the high priest Joshua, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. They began on the, began, walk, began work on the house of the Lord of armies, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Now, this is an important principle for us here. How many times we have been delaying God's work in our life? How many times we have been delaying God's work because we choose to follow our emotion, our own thoughts? Yeah? We look at the circumstances and then say, like, oh, this is not the right time. You know, we give an excuse, like, oh, no, you know, God, you know, not the right time, you know, very busy, you know, I, I, just, I just don't feel it right, you know. We delayed God's work. Yeah? We look at the circumstances, and when the situation is not on our side, 
we choose to follow our heart instead of obeying God. Now, I know some of you, or maybe all of, all of us have been going through this, right? Yeah. If you want to see God's work in your life, I believe you want to see, right? Amen? You want to see God's work in your life? Start by obeying God's first. You know, James chapter 1, verse 22, verse 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Because if anyone is hearer of the word and not doer, he is like someone looking on his own face in a mirror. For he looks of himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But, verse 25. The one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom, or law of freedom and pre perseveres in it, okay, in other words, obey it, obey the word of God, and it's not forgetful here, but the doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. Now, we all love this last part of that verse. Who wants to be blessed? I want to be blessed. Hashtag, so blessed, you know, but we don't want to obey. We, we hope that other people will obey on behalf of us. We hope that your parents, you hope that your parents will obey God and then you will receive the blessings. Come on. Yeah? Yeah? I mean, I, 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 I can speak this on behalf of this, you know, the East Malaysians. Yeah? When I, you know, whenever I, uh, I, I return to Mirigan, I saw all the elderly people, uncle and auntie, you know, how they really love God, they pray and everything. But when I remember their children here in KL, Alama, they want to be blessed but they don't want to pay the price. They don't want to obey. Like, oh, my parents obey God. You want to live a blessed life? You want to be fruitful? You want to finish well? Start by obeying God. Amen? God's response are in direct proportion to our obedience. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Obey first. And you will see how God do his work in your life. Yeah. So verse 14, so the Jewish elders continue successfully, no, chapter 6, verse 14. So the Jewish elders continue successfully with the building under the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, son of Edo. They finish the building according to the command of the God of Israel. Now, so basically, they obey God. They don't say they don't give excuses anymore, you know, after being rebuked, after being encouraged, you know, say, okay. Just do it, lah. Just do it. Don't, don't, don't bagi alasan, lah. Just, just complete it, lah. Just complete it, and they complete. They are successful because they build according to God's command. Now, I hope you catch this important principle. Sometimes we are stuck. We, are, we, we, we struggle in our daily life because we choose to what understand first. God, I mean, like, you want me to obey God? Give me some understanding first, lah. Give me some reason why I need to do this, lah, God. You know. How many of us are like that? We want to get that understanding. We want to reason first. Why? Why God? Why must I obey? Why? Why? Why not turn the other way around? Obey. Obey first. Amen? Obey first. So, God wants us to obey Him first before anything else. So, uh, that's second reason Second principles that we learned, you know, what makes the, 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 the Israelites successful in rebuilding God's temple. And then third, the Israelites completed God's work because God is the provider. He's the one who's, who, who gives them all the resources. God provides the finance, the, the, the material needed to complete the temple project. In Ezra chapter 6 verse 4, you know, uh, I mentioned just now, uh, King Cyrus made a decree that the cost of the building project is to be paid from the royal treasury yeah not only that 
through King Darius, says, Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, and lambs for burnt offerings to the God of heavens or wheat. So you, you see all these items, uh, young bulls, rams, and this is are not needed for the construction. Who use young bulls, rams, and lambs for construction? It's for the worship. You know, it's the worship. You see how God provides all this for them? You know, do you think they have time to look to rare animals or not while they are busy rebuilding the temple? God knows. It's like, hey, no worries. Be faithful with that work. I will provide the rest of it. Yeah. Some of you worried. If, if I serve, if, if I come to church, I serve, huh? well, I have no time to do my part-time job. I have no time to do this. I have no time to do this, 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 everything. Hey, hey. Do what God calls you to do because he's your provider. He's your provider. Right? Yeah, he's your provider. Church, we worship a God who is both loving and powerful. He is both omnipotent and omnipresent. He is both good and able to do anything. Yeah? When he gave us a task to complete, he knows our capacities. He knows uh, our limitation. You know? Therefore, you know, when we are called to do his work. Do not be afraid because he is our provider. In Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Be it in your work, in your family, you know, whatever. Not only in material-wise, right? Not dalam segi material, you know, but that emotions, that, that, you know, that, that mental strength that you need, God will supply it. Amen? Yeah? Our church exists today because of the grace of God. You know, in the past two years, some of our leaders and serving team have returned to their hometown. <laughs> yeah? We are short of manpower, but praise the Lord, although many moved, many new people were also sent to our church. Hallelujah. You see, some of them who are serving this week, they are new people. They have not, they, they, are, they just started to serve this year. You see? Yeah? Yeah? And, and, this year, when we launch our team for 20, 2022, which is rebuild, restore, and renew, we know that God will provide us with the resources that we need. Again, whether it's financial needs or manpower, God will provide. We believe that. You know? Now, let me bring you back to 2017. Wow, this is 2017. You know, in 2017, Pastor Dan launched this, 100 Days to Life. I don't, I don't know, maybe some of you were there. Okay? How many of you were there when we launched this? <laughs> you see, okay, you got few, okay, Puji Tuhan, okay. Some of you are like, what is that, okay? So this part of history. But of course, you will get to know all our church histories when you attend our 10th Foundation of Life. So we, we have this 100 days pray and fast campaign, okay? Uh, that time, we were in the process of finding our own premise, okay, our own premise. So we pray and fast, and then with that money, we served up uh, uh, to, to, to be the first fruit of our, our building fund, yeah, you guys remember that? You know, we bring fun. Okay, so after that 100 days, woo, everybody excited, yes. Kita ada tabung bangunan, woo, in November. Yes, because you know, November, ma. and then Pastor Dan said, like, you know what, guys? God says all the money we give to charity. Can you imagine? That's a young church, like, so what? Can you imagine that you got all, everything collected, right, for the past 100 days? Like, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then, uh, I thought this is for building, but God spoke clear to Pastor Dan. I remember he said, like, when he is like, oh, 30,000 feet on the air. <laughs> he tells he tell the council, no objection. The council, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Because we know 
that money doesn't belong to us. It's from God. Can you imagine? Then we tell the church members. Everybody excited for it. So, there you go. We give it away. And then we start with zero. <laughs> we start with zero. Like, that is 2017, you know. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I, I, I remember there's one thing that's being shared to Pastor Dan, and then like by, by, uh, this is quote by Hudson Taylor. He's a missionary to China. He said it is. Depend on it. God's work done in God's way will never lack of God's supply. Whew, I remember that day when Pastor Dan announced about the plan, right? The change of plans, you know. This money, the whole money, that we, this money that we collect, we give away for charity, you know. For, I think it's, is it for students, uh, why uniform everything kind of at that time. This is the first time I remember that. Yeah. So it's amazing how God provides us with the resources that we need. We found a place, we managed to pay the rental and the renovation. And let me show you some photos. February 18. See Elder Cody. <laughs> no, this is when a lot of us did not chat, just like learn how to chat. Some of us are so excited. Paint everything black. Everything black. So excited, like, oh, you know, and it's like, no, 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 not, not all black. God, this one, <laughs> I remember. Elder Cody was like, what? Kalau macam ni ya, itu cepat habis lah. Because they're they not trained, but they're just like, oh, pen, pen, pen. You know? But hey, it's God's house. That's, we, we, we all give uh, everything that we got, you know? This is the in Crimson, the renovation. Wow, I remember. And then this one. Yeah. <laughs> I remember our kids, David, Acho, you know, at the time you're still young, they also go and pain, you know, yeah, wow. You see, why we do and uh, why we will, we continue to do what we do as a church today is because we have experienced God's provision in our church since day one, yeah. God is faithful and he will always fulfill his promises, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious, church. If it's clear that God's voice, you know, God's telling you to complete the task, do it. Do it. Amen? Yeah. You know, as we look back over our lives, we can see how God has been there every step of the way. You know, as a Christ follower, we are called to, to continue to live our life according to His agenda, not our agenda. When we follow Jesus, only then we will see God's miracle in our life. You see, one part of this uh, chapter 6 that uh, I have no time to mention about this, you know, to talk about this, but in verse, um, verse 19, you know, to verse 22, they celebrate God's goodness. You know, a lot of believers, Christians, I, I, I see Christians, you know, before they start, they pray to God, you know, they tell, uh, tell the pastors, they say, hey, pray for me, uh, I've got this business, I've got this thing, and everything, okay. And then they become successful, right? But they forgot to give God all the glory. Instead of coming to church and celebrate it together, give testimony, they celebrate it somewhere else. You know, celebrating God's goodness is part of our spiritual discipline. Coming to church on Sunday, 
is part of our spiritual discipline because we celebrate God's goodness. Not only on Christmas, not only on Good, uh, Good Friday or Easter Sunday. No, every Sunday is an opportunity for us to gather together and celebrate God's goodness. Regardless of what circumstances you are in right now, whatever season you are in right now, let us make celebration to God as a discipline, a lifestyle that we will continue to live until He returns. Now, I'm going to end with this. You know, uh, back in Miri, when uh, during the funeral service, which is Monday, a lot of people came to, to, to church. Pastor Dan was there also, you know, came to, to, to give their last respect to my late father-in-law and also to give uh, words of uh, comfort, encouragement to my mother-in-law and the rest of the family. You know, in fact, a few days before that, a lot of people came to our house and during the wake service, you know, and they, they also share all the stories like how my father-in-law have impacted their life, influenced their life. They said how he, he, he lived a selfless life, you know, and there are some of these uh, guests, friends, say like, wow, they're looking again. They, when they look at my, the body of my father-in-law in the, in the, in the, in the coffin, they say like, wow, he, he, he like smiling. He's like, it's really peaceful. He, he's like lying there, just like sleeping lah. So last Sunday, we had our family fellowship at home in Miri. So I took the opportunity to get my whole family to focus on God's goodness in our life. I said like, you know, yes, Papa is no longer with us. But you know what? I believe he is happy with God in heaven. No sickness, tiada lagi sakit penyakit, you know. And he knows that he has completed his task. Come on, let us celebrate God's goodness. He is faithful. You know, think about it, you know. Although we are not with him, but he in the living room, he was like resting in the living room and then, you know, fell unconscious, you know. Wow. So we pray to God and then, and then again, we give thanks to God. We celebrate life, we celebrate his goodness. And I believe, right, that the message that God uh, put in our hearts on that day, that we will really continue to really push us forward to really continue to continue the legacy. Uh, yeah. So church, continue to do God's work. Continue to go do God's work. Because he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He will never stop. So don't stop. Come, let's bow our head right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, when our circumstances around us seems so discouraging, like no hope, Lord, Father God, like storms in life, Lord Jesus, they're coming our way. We want to continue to fix our eyes on you. We want to continue to lift our hands to worship you, Lord, Father God, not to be worried of anything, Lord Jesus, because we know that you are our anchor, you are our hope. In doing your work, Lord Jesus, on earth, we know, Lord Father God, there will be challenges, we will be persecuted, there will be some struggles that we have to go through, but we will never stop, Lord Jesus, because we know that you are faithful. You are with us. 
you provide everything that we need, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song together before we pray. My world is shaking and the storm is breaking. I lift my hands to you. I lift my hands to you. I will not grow weary for your hope is in me. I fix my eyes on you. I fix my eyes on you. Your faithfulness cast away my fears. For God, you are my strong foundation. Now I Let's declare this. God, you are beside me, always there to lead me. I will not be shaken. I put my trust in you. Yes, Lord. Jesus, you're amazing, glorious, everlasting. I will not be shaken. I put my trust in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, even just now when we sing the first verse, I, I can sense in my spirit some of you, you've been reminded of the things that you have started few weeks, few months ago. In fact, early this year, you have made commitment to God to change your life. There are certain things that you want to change. You know that. And then you've been reminded to continue with that, to continue with that project, that work that God has uh, put in your heart. So if that's you right now, this morning, you say, God, I want to continue. I want to persevere. I want to complete the task that you have given me. Give me the strength. Lord, give me the strength to endure all this, to finish well. If that's you right now, your hands on your heart right now. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you. Father God, you know the challenges, the struggles that uh, we're going through. And some of us, oh Father God, no, no, nobody knows, Lord Father God, the hardship that we have to go through, the mental stress that we have go through every day, Lord Jesus. But we know why we need to be faithful. We know why we need to continue to persevere, Lord Father God, because you called us, Lord Father God, to do. So Lord Jesus, we know you will never abandon us. You will never leave us, Lord Jesus. You are the one who have started all this, Lord Jesus. We know you will help us, Lord Jesus. You will strengthen us, Lord Father God, until the completion of it, Lord Father. So I pray, Lord Father God, for my brothers and sisters, Lord Father. Have put their hearts on your heart right now, Lord Jesus. You know, Lord Father God. They love you. They want to complete. They want to finish well, Lord Jesus, whatever you have started in their life, Lord Father. So I pray right now in Jesus' name, strengthen them, oh Father God. Give them the peace, Lord. Give them the wisdom, oh Lord Jesus. Give them the courage, Lord Jesus. Now even some of you, you have forgotten, you know, like the Israelites for 16 years, 
you have abandoned whatever God has started in your life, get back to it. Get back to it. Get back to it. The lifestyle that you want to 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 to, to let go, that, that 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 destructive lifestyle that you want to let go, you know, continue, continue. Tinggalkan semua itu, you know. Hallelujah, Lord. So, Father God, I pray your power, your sovereignty, Lord Father God, rule over their life right now in Jesus' name. Everything, Lord Father God. Segala kuasa Bapa di surga tunduk di dalam namamu di dalam nama Tuhan Yesus in Jesus name right now. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord Father. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord Jesus for your word today Lord Jesus. We know Lord Father God our work on earth is not done until you called us Lord Jesus and we return to you Lord Father God. So I pray bless all your people Lord Father God this morning in wherever they are Lord Jesus you put them in their family, in their workplace, in their campus, Lord Jesus, wherever they are, Lord Jesus, you position them, Lord Father God. I know they are there for a specific reason. And I pray, Lord Jesus, they will complete the work, Lord Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, may the strength of God sustain you. May the power of God preserve you. May the hands of God protect you. May the love of God go with you. And may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. May He strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Be with your people, Lord Jesus, day and night. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord Jesus. So, church. you to know wherever you are every step that you make that God is with you his glory shines upon you his face shines upon you do not be afraid thank you Lord Jesus all glory to you Lord Father God we love you in Jesus most precious name and all God's people say amen amen come on church give God a bit of applause hallelujah thank you for tuning in to live podcast we hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends, family member and co-worker. We hope you have a great day. God bless you.